the first episode of the Shell Report. I'm your guy, Logan Delizio. Join me today is a mega fear. Uh, we also have 2024 Maryland signee Ryan Howard joining us. Ryan, I appreciate you joining us, man. Of course, man. Anytime. I love this show now. That's my favorite show now. <laughs> All right. So we'll get, I mean, we'll get right into it, man. Um, I mean, you obviously got a chance to cement a memorable few weeks for you, right? You know, first mm-hmm. you, uh, you finalized your commitment to Maryland during the early signing period, and then you got a chance to head down to Orlando as the only Maryland signee down there um, all under Armour All-American game. So you just basically, you know, just talk about how it was getting down there and then, like, you know, what was your most memorable experience at the All-American event? Uh, it was surreal being down there, man. It was like a dream come true. I remember early in the year doing during like spring workouts and stuff, I was just talking, like, I want to be All-American, I want to be All-American. Like, during the game, during the season, I had, like, an All-American mouthpiece. Like, it was an American flag as a mouthpiece. And just being there was like, this is it. Like, you kind of, like, made it as a high school athlete. So that was really – it was really big for me. But, man, it was just me getting bullied down there, man, as the only Maryland guy. Like, I'm talking to the Penn State guys and the Michigan guys, Ohio State guys, Bama guys. They're talking about their teams, the national playoffs, I mean, championship and stuff. And it's like, ah, they just they just looking down on the little guy, I guess. But uh, definitely my most memorable moment was just – it was just after the game, honestly, when we were all giving out gear, talking to the kids on the sideline, and I got to go out on the field one last time and kind of, like, soak it in. Like, this was the end of a high school journey that honestly had a lot of ups and downs and a lot of tough choices, but was nothing I would ever change it out for. So it was kind of like a bring-it-all-together moment. Yeah, no, absolutely, man. And I completely get that. And, you know, just from the on-field aspect, sorry, some clips and whatnot, I think the day before the Under, Under Armour All-American game, uh, some one-on-ones, I think it was the A&M commit. Um, you had some, some, I think it was two or three straight reps where you did pretty well against him. Did really well in the Under Armour game, but just kind of curious for you, you know, obviously just being in a different environment, you know, what kind of things maybe do you take away um, and then just going up against different competition? Uh, I would definitely say the biggest thing I took away was like, I'm I'm here, you know, like, honestly, not to be, like, cocky or anything, but, like, I was, like, the three-star guy coming, the Maryland commit guy coming in, not a lot of followers on social media guy coming in, all these guys having 20, 30, 40, 50K on, like, Instagram, Twitter, and you see their highlights all day, and it's like, yo, these guys are nice. Like, I know I'm nice, but these guys are nice, too, like, and they're getting pushed. So just being down there competing with them was, like, yeah, you're here. And to show that you can make a play against these guys, to be a top performer in the game is like, yeah, like I'm I'm something to not just push to the yeah. side, not just to be like, oh, you the Maryland commit down here. Like, no, this is Maryland football here. Like, I brought it here. And yeah. now we're going to show that. Yeah, oh, I like that, man. I actually just want to just gonna build off that because, um, you know, you mentioned, you know, just kind of like, you know, joking with uh, like being the only Maryland guy, just hearing it from the Penn State, the Michigan guys, and you know SEC and all that. And you know, I mean, I remember you know just covering you know like your recruiting before you made the decision officially to go to Maryland. You know, I think it was Pitt, West Virginia, it's kind of in that top group. Um, and it felt like you know you kind of made the decision for all the, like the kind of the right reasons. You know, rather than you know like the NIL and whatnot. But I guess when you kind of go down and you kind of hear that that kind of bullying and things like that, I mean, felt like again, you know, like kind of throughout, like you were kind of cemented, but like when you go down there, do you ever like, does you ever like, I guess now that you put pen to paper, do you like take it personally? Uh, Yeah, honestly, cause uh, I'm talking with all the big 10 guys mostly. And they just talking about the scores and like, 
yo, y'all not doing this, y'all not doing that. Like, we can do this, we can do that. And I'm just talking about the guys we got. And I'm like, yeah, we can be here. Like, there's nothing to just smirk at or nothing like that. Like, we can be here. So I did take it personally. And when I catch him, I'm going to show him. Other than yourself, right, talking about the entire recruiting class, your entire class, who yeah. do you think is the – take away the stars and stuff, right? Take away the rankings. Take away the sets. Who do you feel personally is, like, the most underrated in the class, going to surprise everybody come next fall? Ooh, that's tough because I'm ta- I'm looking at these guys, and I think everybody nice. Uh, I would say a lot of guys that – a lot of people – I mean, a lot of – the fans at Maryland are talking obviously about Therese being the most underrated guy. He's obviously like coming in as like a first or second year offensive lineman already being dominant. That's just showing that he can grow real easy. So that's something special. But I would say my most underrated is probably Lloyd. Lloyd Irvin, probably Lloyd. 6'3", rangy corner. Probably has a 40-inch vertical by now, so. And I've seen him locking stuff down, so I, I think he's going to be a early impact type of guy. Yeah, see, to me too. That's like a that's a crazy answer, right? Because he sat out what most, if not all, of his senior season, right? Yeah, I don't all think he played at all. Yeah, so I mean, him coming in, you know, having fresh legs, everything fully healthy. Uh, he's been at Maryland throughout the whole season, pretty much practicing, watch practice, getting the field of defense. So I mean, he already has that head start that a lot of you know a lot of kids don't come in. So that is yeah, that is a you know impressive too. Yeah, and I mean, kind of building off that, I mean, he's, you know, he's getting to Maryland. I know I saw him down there for the bowl practices, things like that, where he got a chance to work on the side. But, um, you know, both both you and Lloyd are uh, enrolling early. So I guess kind of for you, I know you kind of have, you know, I guess a little bit of time. But um, between now and when you do enroll, I guess, what is your focus? I mean, is it more so like just kind of rest up a little bit to to kind of keep yourself fresh? Or do you try and, you know, tweak some things here and there or um, to just kind of maintain uh, I would definitely say maintain and like more so rest over dropping tweets and stuff. Uh, I would say trying to keep my body as ready as possible to get right into workouts, get right into practice, get right into the swing of things and not slow things down, but like pick it up. Pick it up fast. So for you as a freshman, like you go in what next week? I'm pretty, pretty sure it's next week. Uh, yeah. Yeah. What are you most excited for in your first season there? Uh, can I be honest? Like, getting whooped, man. Just honestly, like, getting whooped, bro. Like, just learning, like, getting better, honestly. Because, mm-hmm. like, I'm already coming in with the mindset, like, you can't be the big dog on campus no more. Like, you got to restart. You got to re-solidify yourself. So, I'm ready to just come in and see what I got to work on, get with Coach Brass take those extra time. Cause I've seen the other guys who made the NFL have been top picks do the same thing. So it's just taking that mindset and realizing that it started somewhere. So getting ready to be kind of like back at the bottom to build myself back up. I got you. And I guess, do you feel like you kind of have any goals for you? I know for alignment, I know locks is kind of, transparent you know especially just in the trenches big 10 and whatnot it takes time to, to kind of rebuild so you feel like for you um any any kind of going in with any one year one year two goals uh i would definitely say like get my maxes up and be more of a swiss army knife just being able to say hey maybe the left guard is out for a couple of plays you get in there or the right tackle is out a couple of plays get in there 
not just being like a right side, right tackle, right guard type of guy, but being able to play all positions. So when the time comes, I can just be ready. So being ready to learn, being ready to uh, get in there and actually make an impact on the field. Now to that answer though, like, do you have a position that you feel more comfortable in that you like, if they were like, all right, listen, day one, you, you're going here. Like what position do you feel personally that you can go in and compete right away? Uh, I want to say right tackle, but after this last All-American game, they had me at guard the whole time. Like I never even sniffed right tackle. And just being able to compete against these four-star, five-star guys and show that I can compete with them. I'm kind of excited to go to guard. I mean, I already had the build for it. I've already been kind of getting like mocked up for it with the athleticism and long arms type of thing. So it was – it's definitely something like now where I was wanting to be a right tackle, but – now I'm kind of ready to play guard, to be honest. Cool, cool. I got you, man. And I know, um, I know, Box has talked about a lot. Of the, you know, not even just like the O line. Sometimes, you know, skill players, even the year past, you know, just position versatility. When you mentioned, you know, just playing right tackle at Pilate and you know being going down there and playing right guard, um, and just kind of the the O line class as a whole. You know, Locks is pretty open that you know this this 2024 cycle they really needed to put a premium on the offensive line and. You and Therese and, and uh, Devon Watkins and uh, Trevor Zemanski, you know, all these guys, you know, big pieces in, in the trenches. Um, and I'm kind of curious, you know, like when you hear about just kind of the, the, the culture, I guess, in the Big Ten where, you know, it's kind of the, the nitty gritty and, and, and it's all kind of that one in the trenches, uh, theoretically. Um, do you kind of take, uh, take ownership of that or kind of take pride in that or whether it's you personally or, or kind of as a group? Uh, yeah, I would definitely say I take ownership, and I feel like we all do, you know, like, especially after watching this last uh college football playoffs run and seeing what Michigan was doing, how they're just driving the ball down the people's throats. And we're looking like we should be able to do that, too. like, we want to be able to do that too. We want to chase that Joe Moore type of thing, so it's definitely something we all take ownership, and I would say not even just I mean, me. All right, so Maryland's thing, right? Even before Locks Blocks has really hit it, right? It's the whole like the whole DMV UMD movement, right? Yeah. And the DMV, I'd say, in the country is probably one of the most diverse communities in the entire entire country, right? Yeah. So does playing in an area like the DMV where it's so diverse make any difference to you when you went to, like, selecting a school? Uh, To be honest, not really. I didn't really care about, like, um, white what the area was like, like if we had like a black head coach, white head coach type of thing. I didn't really care about none of that. I just wanted to go somewhere where I felt like I could be a better man and get to the league as my end goal. But I guess, you know, black head coach does it for me. Um, and I know obviously, you know, in the recruiting aspect, I know NIL has really become a you know forefront for a lot of these guys. And I'm kind of curious for you, you know, one, you know, what would you change about NIL? And two, what's kind of the craziest thing that, if you heard about NIL, whether, you know, someone that you, you know, you know, or someone from the armor game or just, you know, just kind of how, how it's kind of overtaken recruiting like that. Uh, I would say, and this is just like me personally, I feel like the numbers should be like public type of thing. I don't, I don't like, like under, under wraps numbers where it's like, Oh, this guy just jumps in the portal and he comes to this different school. And it's like, Oh, we know we paid him, but how much type of thing. I feel like everything should kind of be like, public access to where we know it's like what's going on, how much this guy's making, how much that guy's making. Because at the end of the day, if it's a business, we might as well go full out into the business aspect of it and talk about people's contracts and different stuff like that. 
or how, in my how, audio. Uh, yeah. Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. But I, I was, I was gonna actually just gonna add, like, I guess, like, how important, or I guess, how soon did you feel like schools uh, addressed it? Like, did you feel like some schools it was like the first thing that they talked about with you? Uh, I feel like it wasn't really the first thing because I feel like in this early the kind of stages of it, they were still fo focused on football, but then they had to like bring it up. So it was more like middle of the pack to like the last thing they brought up, maybe on like, if we're talking about official visit type of thing, like the second or third day, they would go, hey, come to my office, or we have a whole little time where we just talk about how NILs work and meeting up with the uh, trust fund type of guys. So it was never like, for me, nobody ever really pushed it out to me, but I'm not a four-star, five-star guy. So. No, I got you, but I know, again, it's uh, it's become an important part of recruiting and whatnot, so I know it's, uh, you know, everyone has their, their own appeal about it and whatnot, and again, you know, um, like you said, you know, about the transparency, you know, a lot of a lot of these numbers, and I've seen a lot of these, you know, anonymous articles where even guys are saying, you hear about, you know, 100,000, 200,000, 300,000, but, you know, mm -hmm. you, you never know sometimes, you know, sometimes it's real, sometimes it isn't, so uh, I completely understand that perspective. Yeah. So getting more into like um, your recruiting, right? And this is obviously an opinionated question. So your top three, right, were what? West Virginia, Pittsburgh, and Maryland, correct? Yeah. I mean, you had you pretty much had your choice of which conference you wanted to play in, whether it was ACC, you know, Big Ten, Big Twelve. It didn't matter where you wanted to go, right? So yeah. you got you're lucky in the sense that you know your first year the Big Ten is expanding their footprint and whatever. So you know Oregon's yeah. coming in now. You know USC. Like they're getting into California and such. Mm -hmm. Do you think, in like your eyes, that like road trips to Oregon or Washington and like USC, whatever, are more appealing than maybe playing in like I don't know uh, the Big Twelve schools you would have played in, or maybe even the SEC territories like you know Auburn and stuff like that? Uh, honestly, as the Maryland commit, I would say no. To be honest, because that's that's across the country. That's like NFL type of flights. Like that's big money type of flights. While I would say as like some high recruited guy who could mighty grow up in Maryland, but could go to Oregon now, it's like, that's a good sales pitch where it's like, Oh, you can come back home for a game. Your family can watch you play. You're not just coming out here to be like cut off from everybody, just playing football and then come back. So I would say for somebody else, it would be a great, great thing for them like oh yeah now my mom can come see me play how my family can come see me play but for me having to take a 20-hour flight or something like that just to wake up the next two days and be in Oregon just to play a football game and then come back home to get ready for a game against I don't know maybe Southern California like it would just be a lot for me I'd have, it'd have to be something I get used to yeah it's gonna be a lot of a uh, lot, lot of flights man so I better uh but it rests up, but um, mm. yeah, yeah, obviously, man, obviously, like you talked about just kind of with Maryland and whatnot and just kind of locking in with Maryland. I know um, you had talked about just kind of locks and what he had talked about, just kind of his vision and kind of the premium on the offensive line and, um, you know, your, your familiarity kind of with the guys in the program and the guys coming in, things like that. But um, mm -hmm. I'm kind of curious, you know, like just kind of looking back at that official visit weekend, um, did you feel like there was kind of a moment for you when you – or did you know kind of going in that – you know, like Maryland was was kind of the spot, or um, just kind of curious to hear your 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 perspective on just kind of how Locks kind of handles the the recruiting process. Uh, personally, for me, no, I didn't go into any official visit thinking that this was going to be like the commit, and they're just this is just going to seal the deal type of thing. 
I told every coach while I was on the official visit, like, I'm not going to commit on this official visit. Like, I'm going to go to all these schools. I'm going to hear them out. I'm going to come back home. I'm going to assess my options. I'm going to make a choice with a clear mind, not just being under like a, oh, we're on a yacht with Coach Locks. Oh, everybody's having fun. No, I'm just going to commit. So, like, that was never – it wasn't how Coach Locks put it to me, and it's not how I was going to go with it either. But I feel like for Coach Locks' recruiting process, it was more – it's more so of building something. It's not like join a culture. It's like you can be the culture. It was he was trying to build because this is still – even though he's kind of like been in the Maryland culture, like this is kind of like the years where it's like you're either going to make the jump to the top of the Big Ten or you're going to be a middle-tier team forever. This is kind of like the culture that we need to set. So the whole time he was just talking to us about like, do we do you want to be a part of something or do you want to build something? And it was like, okay, I'm going to take that and I'm going to see what I want to do with that. And this is the – like I said, when I first the entry, right? First episode ever, Shell Report, man. So I appreciate you coming on. Um, we gave the opportunity. We gave the opportunity for fans, uh, you know, to enter questions in, whatever they want to ask you, right? So we just got a couple of questions real quick from them. Of course, um, man. PlayStation or Xbox, and what's your favorite game? PlayStation all day. I've never touched the Xbox in my life. Damn. 18-year streak going hard. Uh. And the only game I really play is Madden, to be honest. I don't really play too many games as of late, but like all time favorite video game. Oh, I think it had to be like, it wasn't really my game, but Thrillville from like the PS2. Man, you never got like, uh, like the Fortnite or like the, the Call of Duty phase? I've never been a big Fortnite Call of Duty guy. I stopped playing Call of Duty after you could like start double jumping and flying and stuff. I was like, yeah, this is not for me. <laughs> <laughs> it's not for me no more. I'm more of a Black Ops 2 kind of guy. That's but right. yeah, I would say Thrillville was probably like the most fun I've seen on the game. And uh, outside of, you know, outside video games, what's your favorite kind of thing to do? Just kind of unwind, relax. Uh, I really don't do nothing, man. I promise. I'm really just like a, a, a laid back. Like if I got some free time, I'll probably watch some sports or something or I'll be on the game. But other than that, like I'm not no big hobbies, having something to do on a side type of person. I don't, I've never been like that. I just always want to have some time to just relax, unwind, and focus on something that doesn't even matter. I like it. Uh, with with your 2024 class officially wrapping up um, soon, real soon, mm-hmm. do you have in mind anybody in the 2025 uh, the 2025 class that you personally want to see join the Terps? Um, I've been pushing for it for like a year now, man. Malik, man. I need Malik Washington, man. God, that's my guy. I need him, man. That's really the biggest 25 guy that I've been trying to push for. And uh, now we're in this top six or top eight. I don't know. Top six, yeah. Top six. So. I'm pushing harder now. Fair enough, man. I think all of uh, all of Maryland's, that's, that's who they really want, man. But yeah. – uh, well, obviously, we'll get a chance to dive more into the 2025 over on Inside the Black and Gold. Med site, um, I know fans are looking forward to watching inside of Sacred Stadium. St. Vincent Pilate tackle Ryan Harrison, Howerton, sorry, man, who heads to College Park soon. George is on the very first show. Where can find, where can fans find you on social media, man? Uh, my Instagram is at Hey Mountain with two Ys, and my Twitter is Ryan Howerton78. 
All right, man. We're excited to watch you into the Secu Stadium. I appreciate you taking the time with us today.